The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. Well, had to bring her back. Opal Singleton in the house. Got Sean McKeon in studio. We're going to do another interview because uh, she's not done yet. You know, when we have an opportunity to bring her in studio, we have to take it because there's so much information. Literally, if you heard the last interview we had on a week ago, your head is probably spinning from the amount of knowledge of what's going on with their last film. Um, say the name of the, the film. The film, Sextortion, Sext- The Hidden Pandemic. Yes. I mean, when that film comes out February uh, 8th for the release, it's going to impact many, many. But now in this show, we want to go more into talk about what's going on um, with the uh, the government right now as far as uh, legalizing prostitution. Yes. There is, it's, I believe it's for California. It's SB 357. Right. And it's a bill doing what? Now, I thought it was a nationwide thing, but it's only California. It's a California bill, and uh, it really is focused on human trafficking and uh, street prostitution. And so we'll go into really the background of human trafficking later, but I want to share with your audience about SB 357. I simply couldn't believe it when I first saw it. I had returned from a short vacation, and our district attorney's office was on the line saying, have you seen this thing? No, I haven't. I'm looking at it going, this just cannot be real. Uh, It had, by the time I saw it, it had passed the California uh, Senate, and it was in the assembly. And I began to set in on meetings and even um, was in on a meeting interacting with uh, the head of the assembly at the time in hopes that we could stop this bill. Uh, At this point, I'll get deep into what the bill is, but the bill has passed the Senate. It has passed the assembly, including the Appropriations Committee, and it is uh, waiting now to be sent to Newsom, Governor Newsom. Uh, So hold on. So he's the last one that has to sign off on it. Yes, it's that close. That thing's already done. It's yeah. a, it's that close. And uh, when crazy. it passed the assembly, it was the Friday before the recall election. And suddenly, Senator Weiner, it is his bill, said, I'm going to hold this on my desk uh, because it's a very controversial. We're getting a, lot, a lot of, of kickback. And uh, so he's holding it at any given time. It can go to Newsom's desk, Governor mm-hmm. Newsom's desk, and, and be signed off, and we won't be able to fight it. It is not not too late to fight it. I'll, I'll share with Good. you why you should. It is not too late to contact the governor, at least make a noise and let them know that this isn't something we want. So what is the bill? SB 357 is called a human trafficking bill. It sounds innocuous. Uh, in fact, they called it the California Safe Streets Act. And I'm like, really? Mm. I can't believe you talk about you know, an oxymoron. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, what it does is it completely eliminates the penal code that describes street prostitution. And it replaces it with wording that says that law enforcement will no longer be able to um, 
engage, when, I'm missing the word here, but intervene. They will not be able to intervene with street or car prostitution. And it takes it a bit further, and it says that if you pled guilty or you have been charged or you have been sentenced and are currently incarcerated for street prostitution, that all of that will be removed from your record and you will be released early. So I, I started to read this, and I think... What's this all about? Right. I mean, why? What's the reasoning? Yeah. Uh, yeah what, are you kidding me? Why would this happen? Well, I will tell you, I don't disagree with what they're saying. I do disagree with their, the way they're going to resolve it. What they're saying is that many people who are engaged in street prostitution, whether they're female or male, straight, gay, transgender, many of them are people of color. And I don't disagree with that. I've been in the business 13 years of, of trying to combat and rescue and rehabilitate, and I don't disagree with that. For, and what, really quick, I'm so sorry. I didn't introduce you at the beginning, reintroduce you. For a living, what do you do and why you okay. involved? My name is Opal Singleton, and I uh, am the president of an organization, nonprofit 501c3, called Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because more than one million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. So millionkids.org is my organization. For the past 10 years, we've served as a training and outreach coordinator for the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest remaining and longest remaining member. And in fact, I'm very proud of, of uh, Sheriff Bianco and our um, our uh, DA, Mike Hester, and out of Riverside County. They doubled the size of the Human Trafficking Task Force when, you know, cities like Los Angeles are, are eliminating the Eliminate. task force and cutting out the funding. And, you know, it's because we have a lot of cases. So I work with real cases. There's a lot uh, of misunderstanding about human trafficking, a lot of misperception, a lot of fundraising that goes on that I question. But, yep. you know, it is a very real thing here in uh, California and especially in the Inland Empire, Riverside, mm -hmm. Orange County, L.A. County um, and San Bernardino County. So uh, anyway, so I'm looking at this bill and yeah. I'm saying, OK, so it is true that uh, many people are people of color. What they're saying is that law enforcement goes in and they see somebody provocatively dressed. They're a person of color. And so they then begin to investigate them for prostitution. That is true. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, now, what I see of the teams that I work with, and I am a post-certified law enforcement trainer, so I deal with a lot of law enforcement, is that these people have been trained to understand these, especially women, are victims. And we have a large number of victim service providers in Southern California that have been developed over the last few years. And so they will say to them, you know, you can get out of the life. We have services for you. If you take those services, you're a victim. We don't arrest you. If they don't take the services, they do get arrested if they're an adult. Now, if they're a child, if they're under 18, they're free. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that happens is 60% of women recruited into commercial sex are recruited by another girl. 
And there's something called a bottom. And a bottom girl is a girl that works for the pimp. And many of them are more violent than the pimp themselves. So some of the women that are being arrested are bottom girls that are acting as pimps. So what this law is saying is once a girl gets arrested, it's harder for her to get another job. I don't disagree with that. That's true. Um, But there's also services like the ones that are out there that we promote that will help her get that off her record, Mm -hmm. pro bono legal, including getting the tattoos off and like that. So there are some reasonable solutions. But what this bill is saying is the only way to fix this is to legalize street prostitution so law enforcement can no longer arrest or intervene. Now, one of the things I will tell you is there's a strong sex workers union in the state of California. It has to do with the large porn industry out of L.A. And so there are people that are promoting this. Well, what happened is they picked one or two advocacy agencies the, uh, that went with the ACLU and created very large contracts, according to what is written in there, $30 million, to provide victim services if they support that bill. Well, that tells me they know they're going to have a lot of victims if they need that kind of money yeah. to help. So here's where it really comes down for me. If you make it so law enforcement can no longer intervene, you have, in fact, legalized street prostitution. Nobody's going to arrest them. I am going to predict, and this is me personally saying this, I work with the Department of Justice, so I'm not representing them on this, but I'm going to tell you that pimps all over the United States are going to start bringing, especially their women, to California. California will be a hub for for human trafficking. Think about the homeless people. They're out there anyway. You want to pick up 20 bucks? And nobody will be able to intervene in that. And, and I say to myself, what about all those people at the border that owe money to a coyote? And then what about all those uh, people in those massage parlors? Hispanic, historically, they're I was just, yep. just going to say that about the massage parlors. Yeah, that means just, those things are illegal again. They'll, they'll just bring them out on the street. Mm, It'll yeah. be legal. The sex ads will simply say, meet me at 5th and G. You know, meet me at Holt Boulevard. Right. This, uh, you know, it's not going to help the woman... It will give them so much competition. Plus, if they're being harmed, you can't intervene because you can't get to them separately to interview them. So I'm just appalled that this is being done in the name of human trafficking, in the name of safe streets. Uh, I'll share with you also that there are no limitations that I can find on this. In other words, when they legalize street prostitution in Nevada, they put them in brothels so you don't have to see it out on the right, street. Right. The there difference. are health restrictions. There are STD checks. Yep. There is government intervention on it. There is nothing here. Yep. This can take place in front of any business where you won't want to go into the business. You know, it can take place in front of schools. It can take place in front of churches. It can take place in your neighborhood where your children will see it. And you can't get arrested. And you Crazy. can't get arrested. This, is this that is, insane? This is it. Insanity. And, and it, and it gets spun finest. as a positive. Yes. And, and California that's safe streets. There's so much agendas with laws. But and this is the thing with California. There's just, it's it, so crazy. It's just getting bizarre out there. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, us as Christians, we have to fight for this stuff because this is just, this is abuse. I mean, when you think about the human trafficking, what, what it is, it's, it's pimped, it's money, it's, it's abuse, verbal, physical, drug abuse. I mean, it's just so much... And then being, you know, raped and, and sexually abused. And it was just, it's just bad, 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 and bad. I, over I, and over. Legal now. 
Yeah, I don't understand where California is headed in their thinking about uh, keeping a community safe and also combating crime. Uh, you know, we see a lot of defunding of police around here. And, and I say to myself, if, if there's ever a time in our lives we ought to be funding not just police, but the technology yeah. because of, of what we talked about last week with the yeah. sextortion. A lot of this crime takes place online. Uh, on top of it, uh, you know, prior to this, we had Proposition 57. Which one was that? Uh, that's the one that was voted for back in 2016. It was the the Bill that allowed people to get out of prison early if they were nonviolent right, offenders. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I spent, that's how I got taken off Facebook, by the way. I spent a lot of money combating this because what happened is after the bill was passed and, and people knew this was happening, I mean, knew about it that wrote the law, they just didn't tell you about that to get you to vote for it. But basically, what happens is there are only uh, 13 violent crimes according to the California Penal Code. Your average person is going, well, people need another chance. If it's nonviolent, let's let them out. They had no idea that sex with a child is not a violent crime in California. Sex with a dead person, by the way, is not violent. That sounds like rape to me. But anyway, Mm -hmm. that's not violent. Abuse or uh, battery of a police officer is not violent. And they knew when they wrote that, that it would include allowing sex offenders out early. But they didn't say so. And in fact, as Brown was... Uh, Governor Brown was getting out of office, he goes, oh, no, no, it won't include uh, sex offenders. Well, what happened is a person from prison sued the state of California saying that I'm a sex offender and they won't let me out early. And I'm being discriminated against. And Judge Alan Sumner out of Sacramento said, yeah, you're right. We can't discriminate just because you're a sex offender. And, And so they allowed that to go through. Appeals court happened, kept going up, and it went to a Justice Sakawe out of uh, Sacramento. And she went so far as to say, if the California public wanted to keep sex offenders in prison, they wouldn't have voted for this law. And so you're absolutely right. Yeah. You cannot discriminate. So based on that, up to, I'm not saying they all will, but up to 76,000 people are now starting to be let out early. 20,000 of them are sex offenders. And I'm saying, what happened to all the people who testified against them? So we not only have a bill that's allowing these people to come out early and sex offenders and now you have a bill to keep early. them out now you have a bill that is yeah. going to allow the selling of sex on the street w- that police will not be able to intervene and i just look at this, this and go how can this be insanity for california and it's, california's the only state well actually you have las vegas right that's actually but they're um, more like again you were saying testing and it's more um yeah. uh, controlled some of my i do national training and uh some of my national uh people that follow me in my national training uh, they have told me from Maryland and I believe also New York have allowed these laws. And she said, this one girl told me, don't let them do it. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster back there. They said, we have we have condoms everywhere, needles everywhere. We have people on the street. We have crime. We have homeless being violated. And nobody can do anything about it. Be- because the other aspect, too, is just a practical um, thing is like, 
when you take out consequences from people's lives, it doesn't lead to change in a lot of ways. Yes. And for a young person, if they are in a place where they don't have any backing from family and they need to make a living, it's the same thing with the social media thing we talked about last week. They look at it as easy money on the digital uh, aspect where they're yep. showing their body. And then being even in a, a, a prostitute in that, that area, even though obviously probably doesn't like it, but it keeps up with this lifestyle and they never have a violation. It's like a drug dealer that never gets popped, never gets busted, or a drug addict never getting busted. Like I know those from myself back in the day when I was arrested, when I was put in a cop car, when you're at the jail station, at least gives you the ability to be like, dude, I'm in a courtroom, like I continue going this pathway. I'm gonna be like cattle in a jail cell. Yeah. It would take it out of the, and this has happened a lot in our society on many other platforms when under the guise of whatever they wanna say, when you remove consequences right. from people, you're setting them up for failure in the long run. Yes. How, how has uh, human trafficking changed? Well, there's a lot going on in human trafficking that uh, just kind of makes your head spin. For one thing, the over the last four or five years, we got a lot of funding for human trafficking task forces. Those resources allowed us to build large teams to go after the large-scale rings. None of us had any idea how big these sex trafficking rings are in California. We've, we've discovered several Asian rings that are here in Southern California. One of them had 50 different bank accounts and nine different banks, and they're buying and selling real estate to launder the money. Mm. Now, these are girls who are put out that are brought in from China and South Korea and sold in our massage parlors, sold in our uh, online and in private apartments all throughout Southern California. How does that, How does, just for someone that this is the first time they're ever hearing this, so how are they able to bring a girl from Asia and make them be in a massage parlor? What in, do they do to hold, hold them? In this case, what happens is they come in legally with student visas and work visas. They think they're going to go over here to UCR, maybe, yeah. to university. Education. And they get here, and keep in mind, their family has funded this. And their family thinks they're over here in education. But when they get here, they're put out into forced prostitution, and they threaten to kill the family back home. You're seeing that same kind of thing with a Hispanic influence coming from South America and Mexico. Uh, We had a very large case like this that happened. And and I want to just reiterate, these cases are happening because an administration funded the millions of dollars it takes. These cases are huge, and they take a lot of investigation. And you can't just get that from a a street cop, okay? It takes way too much resources to do it. But they just, it started with a massage parlor up in Ventura, and it turned out that the owners of this group of businesses was out of Colton, California. These are Hispanic people. This is ran by a matriarch, a a woman in her 60s down in Mexico, going to uh, friends and and, uh, people who trusted her and said, you know, I can get your kids in, your 14, 15-year-old daughters. My family runs these businesses. We'll get them work. We'll pay a coyote. We'll get them up to the U.S. And they did. And uh, they got up here, but they thought they were going to work in like massage parlors or uh, fashion shops. And instead of that, they were put out for prostitution. They was discovered in Ventura, but it goes from Ventura down to San Bernardino. And uh, this is a large-scale money laundering cartel-driven ring that are prostituting out, and I don't like to use that word, but that's what was happening, uh, 
14, 15-year-old unaccompanied minors who owe money to a coyote. And uh, it was called the Paredes family case. If you follow me and kids, by the way, now I'll just give a plug here. Yeah, do. I do me and kids insider alerts. I also have a couple of books if you want to educate yourself on my uh, about this. One's uh, seduced and one is uh, societal shift. You can see them at meandkids.org. But one of the things that I do is I announce cases every, uh, usually two to three times a week, and you can hear more about that. Just go to millionkids.org and sign up for insider alerts. We don't sell your name. We don't charge you anything, but it's to educate you, the public. So since I've talked about the Paredes case, maybe that gives me uh, an opportunity. Uh, maybe your viewers are asking, you know, what about this situation at the border, and are those people being trafficked? Yeah, well, I, I was... I was reading the news today, and it just talked about how there was was it a hundred and was it one hundred and sixty new uh, people coming in through the border? One hundred sixty thousand was it? Yeah, uh, this is big numbers. I mean, there's ma- There's yeah. let's just say this: there's hundreds of thousands of people coming through the border right now, yeah. and there's some are good, some yeah. are bad, some are cartel. Mm-hmm. Some are, there's a lot, a lot of, they said that there was a lot of human trafficking stuff going on. Fill us in about that, the, the border. I think it's just uh, to set it up even more is like these are opportunities, like mm-hmm. for people from that, you know, sex trafficking. They, they see these opportunities yeah. of open borders. Yeah. If it's open, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Come and, on through. And, and truthfully, they don't wait to, until they get to the U.S. to violate them. They are trafficked wherever they're coming from and on the journey. And just because they get to the U.S. does not mean they're safe uh, or that the trafficking doesn't continue on our soil. We, we have some naive concept that says once they cross the border, then they're going to be okay. In, in the news, <laughs> it says that they're getting like one out of three are getting assaulted on the way here. Oh, yeah. And they're finding kids alone just out there. And, and, like, there's kids going missing, which are the human trafficked. I mean, yep. it's a yeah. disaster. Yeah. I um, The numbers that I've looked at say that approximately 2 million people are have crossed the border since January. Now, you know, the, here's the problem. First of all, let me explain to your audience here the difference between human trafficking and human smuggling, because there is a difference, and a lot of people don't understand that. Human smuggling says that you pay a coyote money and you cross a border without documentation, which makes it illegal, regardless of all the hubbub going on out there, and you've entered the United States. So at that point, you've been human smuggled, but you're not a victim of trafficking at that point in that instance. However, if you pay your coyote money and they bring you across the border and they don't let you go, they say, and, and this usually happens, I, I want another three or $5,000. That is coercion. So even though you've come in uh, as a victim of human smuggling, you become a victim of human trafficking the minute they give you a threat or force, they don't let you go, uh, or fraud, they promise you things that you don't get. Now, you're a victim of human trafficking. So many victims of human trafficking were smuggled, but not everybody who's smuggled is a victim of human trafficking, if that makes sense to you. So the reason I tell you that is what is happening, and I've done a huge amount of study of this. First of all, they're using technology. We'll take it back to the previous show. Yeah, Uh, I'll I'll just share with you uh, to kind of give your listeners a a vision of what these people are going through. I, I saw a fun story. She was uh, 
a lady probably in her 30s in a, a little town in Guatemala. And she I, she said, I ran a little food stand. I had visions of her making a tortilla. I don't know what she did. Anyway, she said, I got a WhatsApp message to go to Facebook that the caravan was forming. Now, this is way back under Trump in 2017. Okay. And uh, she said, so I went to the meeting that they told me about, and they were telling me that they want us to send our children up to the U.S. and that they will take care of them under the unaccompanied minor program. And I said, I don't have any money to send my children up to the border. And he, they said, well, we will loan it to you. They just put a debt against their house. Okay, now it's a shack, a little place, you know, not a trustee by any means. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so she didn't. But I got to thinking about that. Now, this is 2017, and that caravan did not get in. But what we know is all those people that put a debt against their house in Mexico or in Guatemala, they are now in a caravan. Every time they need to go to the toilet, they're charged. If they need to eat, they're charged. They get in a bus or a van, they're charged. And now all those people, tens of thousands, started up here, and they didn't get in. So now they don't have any way to pay back that debt. So now they're further violated. And by the way, many of them got assaulted and raped and all kinds of things on the way up there. And so now this is three years later. And what you're starting to see is they're coming from all over the world. Yep. And the, the, your two big, uh, uh, Coyotes are MS-13 and Sinaloa, and they they have so many people that owe them money. They started giving them colored bracelets so they could keep track of who their their people mm. are. And so when you see the 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 adults getting to the United States, they cut the bracelets off and leave them in the desert so that they can't be identified. But what happens is when they get up here, this is organized crime. There we've been allowing people to come in for a long time, and they live amongst us. Now, some of them are good people, you know, that just want to do better with their life. And I guarantee you, if that were me in Guatemala, I'd be the first one on the, on the train. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. However, they're here and they still owe money to a coyote. So what do they do? They sell flowers on street corners. They sell cocas. They sell, um, uh, you know, candy, they sell tools. You see them out there. And sometimes the girls up here are put into trafficking. And that is how they, and so think about it, all day long, they're forced into those services, and they don't get any money. At the end of the day, they maybe have earned a thousand bucks. By the way, they also put them out for shoplifting. And we're not enforcing shoplifting laws and cartels have figured that out too. This I is about moving millions of dollars back to the cartel. Uh, I was figuring out if two million people came in and they charged five thousand a piece on average, that's over a billion dollars. Where is this money going? It's going to get more guns, get bigger cartels, and the good people to have less freedom. Wow! 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 It is you know, and with that perspective. You know, this is, you know, us as Christians, and this is so intense, and it's so there's so much information. But, you know, like I've, I've been talking, you know, to my wife and different people just talking about how, like, these are the signs of the times. Like, we really need to, like, pay yeah. attention to what's going on because there, there will be you're, – you're, right now we're seeing this influx of stuff, but there's going to be an effect, a, a bigger effect from the outcome of the amount of yes. people and everything that's going on. 
What um what do you what do you foresee just from your you know opinion from obviously your knowledge, what, what do you see like the effect from all this stuff happening on on America or even like California, um how how long until we see like rigid residual effects well right i think we're seeing it right now and um you know i go i play this game in my head all the time and then i stop and say okay god you're still on the throne yeah, totally. and i am not yeah. and so uh, what what do i do about it you know on an individual basis i i think we have to be charitable to everyone that we can and help everyone that we can that needs help uh but we also have to be you know wise and look at the long-term effect and start to say what what can we do as Christians to, first of all, uh, pray on this, and second of all, help people who are in need, but not be foolish. And yeah, passing exactly. SB 357 is foolish when you have a, a, a kind of a coming together of a million people who might need to make a living and will be owing money to a coyote and then allowing our, our nation, excuse me, our state, to allow people to be put out on the street to be exploited so that a cartel can take that money and get bigger and more violent against us. Yeah, so we're going to be going uh, to a break, and we're going to pick up for the last half and continue this conversation. And if you're listening right now, you know this is a very heavy, heavy conversation. But I love what you said is um, that we, we, we need to pay attention and not be foolish. Yes. I think it's easy for us to just be foolish and put our head in the sand and just pretend like nothing's happening. But yeah. one day, sooner or later, you're going to be faced with this, whether it happens to you or it's around you, but it's happening. And, and at great lengths, like I was saying hundreds of thousands, it's two million is what I read this morning. Yeah. That was the number, two million. So we'll be back right after the break. I have uh, Opal Singleton in studio. Uh, the Whosoever's are continuing to tour nationwide. Um, our mission is the Great Commission. We go, we bring the gospel, and we want to save people on the streets. Uh, you know, we were in uh, Montana. It was Suicide Prevention Month. We were uh, preaching to the homeless, uh, prostitutes, uh, drug addicts, uh, kids in schools, people in churches. We go everywhere, anywhere, however, just so we can front, be in front of people because our mission as Christians is to help people. Yes. And, and, and not be foolish in these times. We need to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. We need to, uh, Jesus says, you will know the signs of the times. This is all ramping up to his return. And this is exactly what we should be seeing. But um, like I always say, it's not a time to hide. It's a time to be awake yes. and know the signs of the times and do whatever you can for Christ. We'll talk to you guys in two minutes right after the break. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back to The Ryan Reese Show. Alrighty. So if your head is still spinning from the first half, just get ready for the second half. <laughs> Sean, don't you just love these? Uh, no, I, like I said shows? before, when when Opal's come in these last couple times, it's just there's so much information, so much valuable information. So much, and we have to bring light to these things. I we've been saying this on multiple topics that we're facing in our nation and our world. Uh, this isn't the time to check out. No, you, know? yes. you have to stand. For, you have to stand for truth. 
You know, you see parents all across the nation going to school board meetings, speaking on curriculum, they're speaking on multiple things. And this is another issue that we're bringing up in these last programs of the importance of knowledge. Knowledge is important when it comes to these things, because if you have children, you're raising them, how do I navigate through uh, this crazy world and, you know, being educated with all these laws that are being passed. I think it's another reason why you can't just check out. You got to vote righteously. You got to make sure that you're involved. You're not just, okay, this person said to sign this, so I'm going to do this. Like, understand the whole scope. And I know, um, Opal, that's your heart chewed for education, letting people know what's taking place. And you were saying, too, is like on this portion, as we close up this last uh, segment, is like, what are how can parents take all this information? How can people, our listeners, take this information and now apply it? Well, I think uh, first of all, I, I so much appreciate the fact that you approach this from a standpoint of it's a conversation with your kids. Um, I, we've been talking about foreign national trafficking, but quite frankly, a, a significant portion of trafficking that takes place here in the Inland Empire in Southern California involves our kids. And uh, this is kind of where I first started. You know, 60% of our girls that are recruited into commercial sex are recruited by another girl. And uh, and a lot of times it will also be a boyfriend. Historically, she'll be 13, 14, 15 years old. All of a sudden, this 19, 23-year-old guy shows up. She's maybe met him on a dating site or God forbid these hookup sites. I hate these hookup sites because just the very name hookup implies no commitment. Mm, anyway, mm, exactly. um, they go on, and the way this uh, a young person gets caught up in, in uh, trafficking here in a, as American citizens is usually they'll hook up, they'll date, uh, they'll see somebody, they'll meet in a chat room, and they start to go thing, uh, send things back and forth. In many cases, the girl's actually pursuing the guy. You know, they they like his tattoo or they like his looks or or something like that. It becomes a grooming process. Mm. And mom and dad see this and they're going, this guy's too old for you. I don't like the way he talks to you. Uh, You know, you're grounded. Clean up your room. And he's saying, hey, baby, you're hot. And, you know, what is happening is mom and dad is not arguing with the girl and they're not arguing with the boyfriend. They are arguing with the fantasy that he has sold her, that he's allowed her Mm -hmm. to create. Pimps, when they come in, they don't sell you a bill of goods. They open the world and you create that world yourself. And so you're creating a fantasy. And when a parent gets in a tug of war with a fantasy, they're going to lose. Mom and dad are not arguing with her. They're not arguing with him. They're arguing with this fantasy. So you have to kind of understand how this happens. Now, the best thing to do is have the conversation before you ever get there about, you know, what, what are you looking for? What do you want for your life? Who are you? What are your values? What do you stand for? I want you to find somebody that that really shares your values. You know, you we were talking about digital morality. You know, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean that it's okay to do this. Let's talk about healthy relationships. How do you have an empowering relationship? Are you in a relationship where you know they're doing all the question asking and you're doing all the answering? Well, you know. 
Well, they know more about you than you know about them. So they're at an advantage to take advantage of you. Uh, are they making all the demands and you're doing all the giving? You know, newsflash, that's not a relationship. That's a negotiation and you're losing. And you began to talk about healthy Christian relationships with shared values and an empowering relationship versus an exploitive relationship. Will it be good for you in the end, or are you uh, giving him openings to, for instance, take care of you? That's the first thing that will happen is he looks for ways that he can come in and say, you know, I'm sorry your dad wasn't there for you last night. He starts to separate the girl from her family. And then it moves into, hey, I just need you to help me out with my friend. I'm a little short of a job, that kind of thing. In many cases, what's happening in California is they will use gang girls and put girls in high schools, and they will meet a young girl. She's usually a senior. The, uh, the girl that they meet is probably a sophomore or freshman, and, and they start giving them gifts, and pretty soon they're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Anytime you see that kind of thing, your girl is on the verge of being groomed and seduced into trafficking. And that's, I've written an entire book on this called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. Very seldom do they come along and kidnap you. You get that fantasy and you participate. And that's why it is so difficult to turn them around. They think that this is something they want and you don't understand. So you have to get there early on. Once a person starts into sex trafficking, usually it'll start out with, uh, you know, some illicit sex. And then pretty soon she will have a quota. Um, in California, the, in Southern California, the average girl has to earn around $1,000 a night or she won't get to eat. Uh, and uh, on top of it, she won't get to sleep. And so at that point, she started into life. Everybody needs counseling. Uh, you know, it, it, you have to understand that grooming process and intervene. Well, I, I want to jump in really quick, if you don't mm -hmm. mind. Um, so how are they contacting our kids? Is it through app, like, a, like certain apps? Is it like TikTok? Is it Instagram? All Is of it the above. All of the Tinder, Meet Me, those dating sites. Uh, dating sites and, and, and just like the young TikTok, kids. TikTok, okay. you're on there twerking, okay? Yeah, yeah. I know that's not a good word, but you're twerking. Uh, twerking, it's a thing. And that, that basically is a billboard that says I'm a, a vulnerable and available. Yeah. I'm looking to be discovered, and this is what I'm willing to do to do it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you're, t you're taking the low road is what you're yeah. doing. And those are the conversations you have to have. Low road comes with consequences. Doesn't it? It's true. <laughs> so um, what's the other thing? Our kids are, so are they getting uh, recruited in school? How, how, yes. Sh should, should we feel safe that they're, when they're in school? It can be anywhere. It can be in school. It can be in the mall. It can be in their own bedroom. 85% of kids sleep with their phone. Mm -hmm. uh, all it takes is the right hookup in the middle of the night when you're vulnerable and you're going, wow, he's hot. Mm. Yeah. You know, and uh, my folks just don't understand. You know, he's really cool and he really likes me and he's good to me. And, you know, okay, so he wants a picture. I want his picture. And my folks don't get mm. it. And if you have not prepared your child for understanding how that works, they are going to be gullible and naive and easy to recruit. Yeah. And uh, I will take it a step further, especially if you're in a one-parent household or a foster child. Mm -hmm. You have a hole in your heart. Yeah. And that person comes in with the offer to fix the hole in your heart, mm -hmm. and you want the hole in your heart fixed. And we're all like that. Uh, you know, We all go on the Internet, and we see what we want.
want to see and we believe what we want to believe. And that's why we talked about sextortion last week is, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to teach your children not only to put on the full armor of God, but to understand digital morality and put on that armor so they're not vulnerable to being recruited. It's uh, the fantasy. Yeah. It, the fantasy yeah. keeps hitting my mind because it's so true when you're, you know, when you're young and you're growing up, you're like, you want to meet that girl of your dreams, you know, in school. <laughs> yeah. and It's that whole fantasy. I'm going to yeah. meet her. This is yeah. the girl I'm going to marry. Yeah. And you just see it all when you're in like fourth grade, fifth grade or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's that fantasy. So now when our kids get DM'd, you know, when they get on Instagram or social media later on in life, they're going to be like, oh yeah, this guy contacted me. I'm like, that guy could be like 60 years old. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's oh. going to be my question. Oh, dad, is that a 60 year old? Like How do you know it? Yeah. That could be an old guy, just to even put that thought in their head. That could be some old, mm. nasty guy that just, <laughs> you know, yeah. that just trying to get a hold of you. So who knows? You know, you got to put that, you got literally, you have to build their mind in, like, to basically, you have to, to, to question everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, is, is, is that someone that's local or is that guy. In another country, is this guy trying to kidnap you? Like, yeah. you don't know. You cannot believe what you see on the internet. Just like when that one thing on uh, social media, you'd see the unicorn with the yeah. wings. <laughs> and they're like, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's yeah. it's real. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's literally how you have to build in, you have to build in with your kids that concept. Like, what you're looking, this is not, social media, video game, all this stuff is not real. And the people you're talking to are not who you think they could be you know that's why investment's so so important like in your kids to to know what's going yes. on you bring up vulnerable you said that multiple times yeah and you get to see i mean just look at our society as a whole in the last year and a half or two people are beaten down emotionally mm-hmm. you know you got kids having to go to school with masks you're having a lifestyle that has changed in so many ways there are some things that have got back to somewhat normal not not everywhere but like it's a defeating aspect that that happens in in kids' hearts and stuff. And you get to see how it's just primed. I could only see this increasing in this last year and a half from what we were saying before. The other thing that we see is what I call the easy money trap. I always tell kids easy money will be the most expensive money you ever earn. But uh, we talked about Pornhub, uh, how almost... Almost 10 million kids send in photos thinking they're going to earn a little extra money. $40,000 a week, you said. Yeah, that's what they were advertising. And you and I both know how crazy that is. But you see it all the time because, you know, you want to be a model. You want to be discovered on TikTok. Uh, You know, TikTok is an interesting thing. Now, I'm not against TikTok. I like the dogs and cats on there when I'm in traffic, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not the app. Although there is a pornographic version of TikTok that your parents should know about, it's called TikTok Thought, T-H-O-T. And if you see that on your kid's phone, you need to get that off. Interesting. But but basically what happens in TikTok is that the kids now have, you know, it's not uncommon for somebody to have a 5 or 10 million followers or a million followers. How cool is that? You think you're going to be discovered. And you shoot that thing out there, and all a pedophile has to do is sign up and wait. And they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I can get you a deal. I can get, you know, let's try out some. Can you get me some videos? Meet me on Instagram. We'll chat, and I'll, I'll get you some deals. And that it goes just that quickly. Yep. So the thing I share with kids, number one, if you're talking to someone that you don't know, which is going to happen at some point in their life, first of all, watch out. If they move you from one app to another— 
say you meet on TikTok, meet me on Instagram. Maybe you you meet on uh, Snapchat and they take you over to maybe Instagram or Messenger or one of them. If they move you, that's the first sign to panic, okay? Because they're trying to verify you're not a cop. And number two, they're trying to test to see if you're going to be vulnerable enough that they can continue to, to, to reach you. Yep. Yes, yep. and that's how it begins wow. to work. And kids, are they'll do that. And this is what scares me about SB 357, because you get a lot of kids that are maybe, you know, at risk, maybe not stable at home or, or just, you know, exploring the possibilities. And you see street prostitution and making plenty of money is some of these kids are going to go, hey, you know, why not? I'm, I'm hot. Let's try it. And uh, especially when they're 18 years old, it's going to be now acceptable as it is out in front of you. We've, we've seen that. Before we, we met with a, a girl, member from Pomona here, a young yep. girl that was into street prostitution. Yep. Yeah. It was a thing. It was a thing. Like mm-hmm. yeah. she wanted attention, or maybe she was having some issues. She actually, I think she was having some issues from 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 childhood. Mm-hmm. But she was available and willing to do that, and she got into prostitution. Yeah. I think she was eighteen. Yeah. Did she seventeen or eighteen or something? Young like that. Yeah. Really, really young. But she was doing it for years in Pomona yeah. right here. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw, and I went last week. I'm a statewide trainer with Code Enforcement in California, and they oversee uh, pot growing and uh, cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it was a fascinating thing to listen to because they were saying, you know, we all get this story about, well, you know, you have aches and pains, and so we got to legalize pot and CBD and all that stuff to yeah. to help you. Well, now they're saying it's like five times uh, more potent than yeah. ever before, mm-hmm. and of course there's bill boards everywhere and there's uh outlets everywhere and so it's turned into this massive kind of deal Huge money that was kind of quiet and undercover uh, yeah. before well i see the same thing happening with sv357 once it started how do you ever put that back in the can kind of yeah thing? yeah yeah you wow. know and our kids will go well i'm only going to do it on monday wednesday and friday you know because i i gotta, gotta pay my car payment you know i gotta pay my tuition down at the university and and, uh, you know, that that once you start in that slippery slope, it it uh, degrades your soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's an important conversation, especially if you have young people listening to this, is that, you know, as I look back to sextortion, you, you send that photo and then you say, oh, I'm ruined anyway, you know. And, you know, I've already sent it to him. And so, you know, it... Uh, he's my boyfriend he expects it i had one kid tell me of course you got to send a naked photo they won't go out with you and i said well what, what kind of heck? what kind of date are we having here yeah. you know i mean they've already seen everything so yeah. so where are you going but that you know literally 40 percent of kids in the thorn deal uh thorn uh, research study said yeah they've seen it or been engaged in it and i i say once you start that and then the degradation begins if that's a good word on your soul. You see, sex is the only bodily function connected to the soul. And once you start into this thing where you feel degraded, you go, oh, well, what the heck? And and that is how you end up in sex trafficking. And at that point, they blame you. Hmm. You know, you sought me. You said this. You loved me. And, you, and then look at you. You can't get out. You're so ruined. And so they stay and they can't get free. We have to, I'm going to say this to the listeners, we literally have to educate our kids. We yes. cannot play 
like it's all good and nothing's going to happen to our kids. You have to make them street. It's like street smart, yes. but to digital smart. No, yeah, you definitely. Because don't. the the amount of opportunity that child molesters and pedophiles and you know crazy people have access to your kids very easy. Yeah. It's everything's on social media unless you're blocked, which most people aren't blocked. Yeah. Or or kids have actually separate accounts. We all know that. You got your blocked account for your mom and dad. Yep. <laughs> that everything looks like they're saints. Yeah, right. But then they got their private account. Yeah. Which is open. It's called Insta and Rinsta, if you don't know that. Insta is the is the the fake one and the Rinsta. Finsta, Finsta and Rinsta, excuse me. Finsta is the fake one and Rinsta is the one you show your folks. Wow. So There you go. So it, it exists and it's just Man, I'm just sitting here listening, going, man, we really have to well, be, be smart I, here. I believe as Christians, this is a, a very important dialogue to have with your children, because I believe that in this generation, your child's first sexual experience is probably going to be a virtual sexual experience. Yeah. If that's one that is shame-based, it will literally set the trajectory for your child for the rest of their lives. If we don't uh, intervene, have those conversations, and talk what it means to have a healthy and legitimate uh, sexual image based on the fact that you're a beloved child of God. Yeah, It all comes down to your identity in Christ. That's why they have to grow up as Christians, and they have to have that. Like yes. your son, like we were talking with um, uh, Cohen. Yeah. You know, you know, we were talking about that other situation with him, with you know, with with with, with the, some girls that were trying to talk to him and stuff. But he's just so focused, and yeah. and he knows who he is in Christ. He's focused, That's and he's not going to be fabulous. He's not going to be derailed yeah. by by the things of the world. And that's that's why we, it all comes down. to It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, we, they were they were there at that time, but they were trained from a young age not to bow down. Yeah. Um, you know, you got some other guys in the Bible that are that are trained the same thing. So. We just have to educate them and, and let people know. You, we have to let our kids know that God has so much more for them. Yeah. So it's not even, so they know like if they go this route, like why would they go this route? You know, because, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be pain. There's going to be shame. It's going to uh, destroy you. It's going to mess with your mind. But God has so much more for them. And yeah. I think the one thing that happens, I, I'm sure you'd say this, it's like, well, that would never be my kid. Yep. Like, that would never <laughs> happen to my kid. Oh, um, yeah. And you think about what I keep going through in my mind is sextortion and all this kind of stuff and getting to a vulnerable place in these kids' life is when they make the most susceptible. Is like, you think about schools, like when you're growing up in like elementary school or junior high and kids like pick on each other and they say stuff like growing up as kids, like that was hard enough for kids to go through. And now we've seen it, it's become more extreme because of media, because recording stuff. And it turns into a bullying, a shameful thing, mm -hmm. like in a school system. But now with media, social media, it can take it to a whole new level as well. Yes. And then if you do what, what you said earlier, now maybe you found somebody you can connect with. You think you're having this open dialogue relationship. You send photos and then boom, you're taking like bullying to another high level where you feel so degraded inside. Um, it's a crippling thing, I could only imagine. So check this out. Because, yeah. you know, when you say, oh, not my children, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm looking at my children too and I'm like, I just hear so many stories and interviews, so many guests. <laughs> I, I don't ever say that. Poor but kid. Here's, here's, here's a situation that happened with me that we talked about on the radio show before. I forget what show it was. But I was, um, we were at our house and I had my laptop open on my kitchen counter. So our, our house, like kitchen, living room, everything is just kind of all in one space. 
and I was, I was someone told me to go watch um, uh, the the Hillsong pastor. His his uh, this is before all the the stuff that happened with him, but he had a show called I think it was called Rich in Faith. And it was, uh, it was like a TV show he had prior to, I think, maybe Hillsong okay. right at the beginning. Or, or Rich Wilkerson. It's another guy that's down in like Miami, Miami Church or something. Anyway, he had a TV show. Uh, to, they told me to watch the trailer for it. Some, some producer told me to watch the trailer. So I, I put it on. I watched it. And my kids, my wife, my mother-in-law, everyone's there. And they're like within the vicinity. And I'm in my, I'm just sitting at the, the kitchen bar. And I'm, I'm watching the, the church trailer on Facebook. And immediately after this... Another trailer comes on and it's soft porn. Oh, uh, yeah. Soft porn. I mean, it didn't show anything because it's soft porn, but it yeah. shows the action and the noises and the whole, like, wow. looks like they're you know naked or whatever and having sex. So all of a sudden it comes on and I'm like, I, I stopped it. I'm like, Crystal, because, you know, anytime I come across anything, just, to, just in case anything were sure. ever to come up, then I would be like, I told my wife, I addressed it uh, right there yeah. when it happened. So there's nothing, no weird stuff that comes up. But I, um, I told her, I said, look, dude, look at on here. Look what just came up. And my mother-in-law was there and they were tripping, right? Yeah. Then the other day, uh, my kids were watching uh, YouTube. Remember I told you about that? And one of the ads came up and it was just kind of some weird, like kind of like more like demonic looking stuff that I'm not, you know, I want my kids watching, but you never know. And then I was at a friend's house and all of our kids, they were like two years old, but her older daughter and her son, they were at the computer with their friends in the same room as us. And they were looking at the computer and she looks over and goes, hey, what are you guys watching over there? And it was on YouTube and it was kind of like a, uh, it was like a YouTube commercial that kind of was like se had sex kind of uh, thing. And they were watching it because the kids didn't know. They're just watching it. It's in a free space. Yeah. They're just watching their other cartoon stuff. And then all of a sudden this thing pops That's up. And then I also was telling you that I was on uh, Instagram and I, I, you know, you know, we always send funny videos back yeah. and forth. I'm on a funny video website and I'm just going through the feed, clicking on each funny video, just watching them. And it had a cover of something else. And then you open it up and it was like full on. Wow. It was like triple X, like it was like porn. Mm -hmm. And I went up to my wife. I'm like, dude, I cannot. So I went through and I started unfollowing yeah. a bunch of the, uh, yeah. These have funny videos because that's how they sneak it in on yeah. you. Yeah. This, uh, this is the truth and the reality for our kids. <laughs> yeah. We need to sit down and, and say there is evil in the world. It's how it's happening. And you get a choice. You get a choice to take the high road or the road lo low, low road. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that you have that dialogue because exactly what you're saying, right. with all the ads, with all the palpups, with all the YouTubes, with all the TikToks, you are not going to not see it. It's going to happen and, sooner or later. And so you have to decide what's important to you. That's one reason I'm very, very grateful for the sextortion movie that's yes. coming out because I want our kids to understand, you know, the reality if they they have choices to make and the problem is is right now nobody's explaining to kids the path that that's going to lead down okay you may take this step and this step and be okay but the farther you go down that road the more it's going to cost you and we have to start i mean one of the problems is we're putting our kids online with before they have cognitive reasoning mm -hmm. and as christians we need to one educate ourselves that's why i have the books and the movie yep we need 
need to literally prepare our churches to be there for the counseling when this goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And three, I think we have to take positive action, as such as contacting our governor and saying, for me and my household, we don't want this, yeah. okay? And I think we have to do a systematic approach to stand against this and keep our eyes open. But prepare our kids. They, they are not going to live in a Pollyanna world. Mm-hmm. We have to prepare our kids. Well, listen, thank you for being on. Yeah. We have a, we have a couple. Like, we have like a minute left. But go ahead and plug uh, your website where they can get your books. Mm-hmm. I know the film's coming out February eighth, uh, and we're going to release more information on that when it does come out. We want to do a premiere. Um, where can they find you on a website? Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. Please sign up for the Insider Alerts. Buy the books if that'll help you. Keep posted. Follow us so that you'll know when this movie comes out. And then help us get this movie to every young person and parent in the world. Thank you. Share it like crazy. Well, it's uh, it's the end of the show. I always want to plug the Whosoever's Movement. We are on constant tour at the Great Commission our mission is to reach people that are in darkness, people that are trapped in, in drugs and alcohol, hopelessness, fear, depression, eating disorders, human trafficking, prostitution, whatever. People that are lost. Jesus has come to save the lost, right? He's come to set the captives free. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. This is what we do. Just like you were saying in one of our previous shows, you want to create a, a film because you're only one person and you can only do so much, yep. but the film will go uh, massive. This is why I wrote a book called Kill the Noise, Finding Meaning Above the Madness. You can find it at Barnes & Noble's, Walmart, Target, Amazon. It has all five-star reviews. It's getting good reviews. It's a discipleship, faith-building book. I'm only one person, but this can go everywhere. Get there. Love you guys. We will be uh, talking in uh, next weekend. This has been the Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for the Ryan Reese Show.